Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, my dear friends. Do you know that God wants to be near to you? Are you feeling him near to you today? Well, I can say one thing, that the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst. And we are not sitting in the same car or are in the same room today, but yet we are together in his name through this broadcast. And I'm sure of it that God is in our midst. He is there with you. He is here with me, and he is longing to be near to you. Oh, he wants to be so near to you that he lives inside of you. Who else can live inside of you but the Spirit of the living God? And that's how near he wants to be with you. And I'm so thankful that he has been near to me. He has never left my side. Oh, I remember some of the difficult times in my life, and especially when I was going through that COVID Oh, and I was so sick, and I was in quarantine alone in that room, and I didn't know how to deal with it, to get through that. It was so heavy, but I know that he never let go of my hand. Oh, hallelujah. He was inside of me, yes, but he was also holding my hand. He is holding your hand, or he is stretching his hand to you right now that you can take a hold of it. Maybe you have let go because of some disappointment, maybe because of busyness of life or because of worries, and you let go of his hand. Maybe because of sin, and you let go of his hand. But today he is stretching out his hand to you. You know, there is something that sometimes we get mistaken in our mind. The Bible doesn't say that God is lost and that we found him. Sometimes, Some people, they give a testimony. I found God. But you know, God was not lost. We were lost. And so many of us are still lost. But he is the one that is looking for us. And he finds us. Oh, hallelujah. This changes so much in your mindset if you start looking through these eyes to your neighbors, your friends, your family, and you see that they are lost and that God is looking for them He is looking for a way to reveal himself to them and to come into their life and to make all things new. Oh, hallelujah. And maybe you have experienced this in your life. He came into your life and he made all things new and you had a wonderful season with him, but somehow you fell or you failed or somehow you got lost again. You got lost again. Yes, sometimes that happens. We fall. We fail. Sometimes we rebel. Sometimes we run away like the prodigal son. But God, he never ceases to go out and search for us. He is that shepherd. Oh, Jesus is that shepherd that leaves the 99 safe, and he goes out to try to find that one sheep that is lost. Well, I say he goes and tries, but I know, hallelujah, that when he goes to search, he finds. Oh, yes, he finds. And so today, I want to tell you that God longs to be near to you. And we can see this throughout all of the scriptures. Yes, throughout the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, we see that God longs to be near to us. 
He was there in the Garden of Eden, and that's what made that garden so wonderful. That was the presence of God and the intimacy that Adam and Eve could have with their Creator. They were one with Him. They were drawing their life from Him. Their whole body was kept in health and in purity and in holiness through Him. They were eating of the fruit of the tree of life that was there in the Garden of Eden. They were blessed. They were under the canopy of the Lord there, and He walked with them. Well, we know how sin made a cruel end to that and how terrible it was for them all to be separated from the Father, separated from the Creator, separated from that tree of life, separated from that canopy of grace and of glory and of holiness. Oh, sometimes I think of it, how terrible it must have been for Adam and Eve to wake up that morning after that great fall, that fall of man. Oh, was it a nightmare? Oh, was it just a dream? For the first time, they were feeling sickness. For the first time, they were cold. For the first time, they felt hunger. For the first time, they felt afraid and fearful. For the first time, they felt lonely. And so much more, I could say, those were all feelings and realities that came to them for the first time there because of that separation. Oh, with God, the Creator, Oh, they must have felt so terrible. Oh, they must have been in mourning. There must have been such sadness and such pain in Adam and Eve because they did love the Lord. They did love their Creator. They did love spending time with Him. Oh, that serpent came in, but he did not steal their love for Him. Oh, they made a terrible mistake and a misjudgment, and they fell there. Oh, they fell in such a way, and that curse is upon all of us now. It was horrible what happened there, but it didn't take away their love for their Creator. The pain that they had because of all that had happened there because of the great fall. But, you know, we can think of their pain. We can think of our suffering because of that great fall. But what about the pain of the Creator? What about the pain that God must have felt? the tears that he must have shed, all the horrible feeling he must have had as he was separated from his creation, separated from Adam and Eve, that he could not be near to them or he could not allow them to come near to him as it was before because they would have dropped dead right in front of him. Nobody can see God in this sinful nature and live. Oh, how painful it was for him because he longed to be near to them. And we see throughout the Bible that he is looking, looking for ways to come near to his creation. Yes, my dear friend, he never turned his back to Adam and Eve or the children of Adam and Eve. And we are also children of Adam and Eve. He never turned his back to us. But time and time again, we see how he finds ways to speak to us, to visit us, to meet us, to minister to us, to protect us, to guide us, to lead us. Oh, he is constantly there. Oh, you would say that he turned his back to us, 
when that happened in the Garden of Eden. You would say that he never wanted anything to do with us anymore, but that is not so. Oh, yes, sometimes I see those pictures of an angry God pointing his finger out of the Garden of Eden, showing mankind, leave, depart, I'm angry at you, but I don't believe this was the case. Oh, he was so full of pain, so full of that feeling of compassion for us because he loved us and he loves us. And that love has been proven by his son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to mend the relationship, to open the door for us to come near to him once again in Christ, through Christ. Yes, and every step that Jesus took to that hill Golgotha, every step that Jesus took with the cross on his back, every drop of blood that fell, every beating of the whip that he took, every nail that was piercing his hands and his feet. Oh, yes, that crown of thorns on his head. It all speaks of the love of God, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Spirit for his creation, for mankind. He did not hang there and died in our place for people that were righteous and that were without sins. No, he died there for us who are sinners. Oh, my dear friend, he died there for you. He died there for me. Maybe somehow you are that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter that has fallen away from that path that you are supposed to walk on, or that path of life, that path of light. Maybe you have sinned in a terrible way. Maybe you feel so guilty and stained and you feel so ashamed. But today, oh, my dear friend, the Father longs to be near to you and he is looking for you. He is stretching his hand out to you and he says, come back to me, come back to me. It says in Genesis that Eve said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man in Genesis 4. This was after they were expelled out of the Garden of Eden. After this, it says that she says here and gives testimony with the help of the Lord. I have brought forth a man. She gave birth to a son. This shows that God had not completely abandoned them. But somehow, I don't know exactly how, He was there for them. He was there with them. And so it is so easy for us sometimes to look down upon those people that doubt, that sin, that fall, that fail, that are maybe in the sin of unbelief, that are maybe in a position of rebellion to the Lord. And we say, how is it possible that they did not trust the one that is faithful? How come they did not hold on? Think of the Israelites. They were in front of the great sea. They had just seen God move his mighty hand over Egypt with the 10 plagues. And now they were doubting. Now they were in the sin of unbelief. Now they were rebelling against the Lord. Oh, how is it possible? And it's so easy for us to point a finger to them and say, well, you have seen God at work. Well, you have seen this, you have experienced this, and now you are in the sin of unbelief and you are in rebellion. 
Oh, but my dear friend, whenever you think that, what about you? What about me personally? What about in my life? I have seen so many miracles, so many wonders, but yet there were times in my life that I doubted the one who is faithful, all that I was there maybe in rebellion against him because I did not want to believe that he is able to do it. Oh, my dear friend, it is easy to point a finger to someone else. And maybe you were that person that once was pointing a finger to others that doubted, others that fell, others that rebelled, others that ran away. But now you are the one who has fallen. You are the one who is rebelling. What will you do today? Oh, today, turn back to the Lord. Turn back to the Lord. Open your heart for the Lord. If I think of history and I look to the story of the Israelites, that story encourages me so much because it's not just their story. It is our story. It is the story of mankind. And I see so many times that people fail, fall, rebel, sin, make mistakes, etc., etc., that you would think God would turn his back to them, that God would want nothing to do with them anymore. But I see he goes back to them, finds them again, brings them back again into a great relationship with him. And he cleanses them of sin, and he makes all things wonderfully well. Think of Cain. God spoke to him before and after he had killed his brother. Oh, and what rights did Cain have after killing his brother? But yet when he pleads with the Lord, the Lord promises him that nobody will kill him. Well, you know what that means? That God went with Cain and that God protected him, that nobody could kill him because of his terrible deed. If I think of the story of Noah, I see that all of mankind was in wickedness and their hearts were dark. Or sometimes we feel that we are living in those days right now, that all around us are living in wickedness and in sin. Maybe your whole family is living in sin and doesn't believe. Maybe all your co-workers or all your students, your fellow students around you, they have turned their back to God. But you know, it says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and God gave him favor. Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful story this is that Noah was able to live with his family in holiness and righteousness before the Lord in the midst of a society that was dark and full of sin. This gives hope to you. This gives hope to me that we are able in these days. Yes, my dear friend, you are able in this day to live holy and righteous before the Lord, even if your whole family has turned their back to God, even if they are all living a gruesome life of sin, you can live holy and righteous before the Lord, and the Lord knows it, and he sees it, and he will save you in the midst of it all. And we pray that through you, he will save many of your friends and family. Well, in the next broadcast, I'd just like to continue with some of these examples. You can take it as a separate broadcast. You can take this as a series, however you want to see it. But that life of the Israelites, I want to go through those stories, and I just want to encourage you for your life that God has not left you, even if you don't see him, 
even if you don't experience him, even if you have the evidence that you have fallen and you have fallen into sin and you you have left the path of righteousness, God is still looking for you, wanting to save you, and he can save you right now at this moment. Do you want to give your life to him? Do you want to return unto him? Do you want to give your life for the first time or maybe for the second time or maybe for a hundredth time? I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes some of us, oh, we can make it so difficult for ourselves running to and fro, back and forth. But today, let's give our life to him right now. He is standing ready right now where you are to touch you. Father, we come to you together, me and the one who is listening before your throne of grace. And we know that we are only able to stand here because of what Jesus has done for us. The only reason that we can pray to you, the great creator of heaven and earth, the giver of life, the only reason we can come into the Holy of Holies today is because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. He gave his life that we could live. He became poor that we would be rich, rich in grace, rich in mercy. Oh, Lord, today be merciful unto us who are sinners. Oh, cleanse us, Heavenly Father. Cleanse us with the blood of your Son. Break the curse and the yoke of sin that is upon us. Save us. Save us from sin. Save us from this world. Save us from the tempter from the evil one. Save us from ourselves. Lord, save us today. And Lord, we know we have nothing to give, nothing to do to save ourselves. It is only through your miracle working power in us. It is only because of Christ and his sacrifice, Lord, that there has been paid for our sins, that judgment has been taken away from us and it has fallen upon Jesus, that the curse has been broken now. Lord, I thank you that you will do that miracle in the life of my listener right now. We come back to you. We come for the first time. We come back to you. Lord, however many times we have come today, we are standing here and we need you. Oh, Lord, thank you for that great miracle. And Lord, that you will lift us up now and help us to live for you in this day and age, holy and acceptable before you through the power of the Holy Spirit that works through us. Thank you for all these miracles that you are doing in our life today, tomorrow. Oh, yes, you will be with us all the days of our life. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 